Welcome to The Bonfire. I am your host, Morgan, and this is a podcast about video game news, reviews, speculation, and rumors. This week, I'll be covering Alan Wake 2's reception, Xbox leadership shakeups, my plans for N7 Day 2023, and much more. A few things before we get started. On YouTube, please subscribe to the channel, consider becoming a member, hit the like button, and comment down below. Please subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform and leave a review on Spotify or iTunes to help other people find the show. A special thank you to all my patrons and YouTube members, including producer level folks, Hassan and YouTubes, supporter level patrons, PK, The Dawn, Cage Nephilim, and Neuronix, as well as viewer level friend of the channel, Zenra. If you're interested in supporting this podcast for as little as $1 per month, please check out patreon.com slash bonddiesel or the member tab on YouTube. Gaming news. Let's get into it. Alan Wake 2 has released, I believe, 13 years after the original game came out, made by a different uh, developer studio. We uh, now have... Uh, Alan Wake 2, made by Remedy, uh, known for Control, uh, as well as uh, the, uh, of course, I'm going to forget, Max Payne games, and uh, it's coming out to pretty good, a pretty good reception. Uh, it has a Metacritic score of 88. Um, what's really interesting about Metacritic scores uh, recently, or at least in my opinion, has been that you could see a game in the mid, low, and even high 80s that got a ton of nines and tens out of tens. Um, now the nines make sense, uh, you know, if you, if you have a game that gets a bunch of nine out of 10 reviews and then a, even just a few eights or sevens, it's gonna drag it down a bit. But um, I feel like the Metacritic score doesn't really give a good impression of the uh, the impressions that this uh, game is is bringing forth um, almost universally from the I, I try to follow a half dozen to a dozen various reviewers and journalists and podcasts and stuff like that um, that tend to have slightly different takes on things uh, to, to try to get a more worldly view or whatever of these kind of games and um, this one is being received really well to the point where I'm surprised it's Metacritic score isn't up in the nines um, at least, but that's okay. It's still doing really good. Uh, it seems like from a graphical point of view, even on consoles, it's very impressive and it's, you know, it, with this game and, we, and we've had a few games in a row now who are starting, you know, like Spider-Man 2 and uh, in this game, as well as a few others this year where people are finally starting to be like, okay, like, these games are starting to make this next this generation of consoles like oh they couldn't have done this before this is a this is a new thing this is exciting and uh this seems to you know so far from what i've heard people say uh that alan wake 2 is like really like almost putting itself up ahead above everyone else and just how beautiful and gorgeous this game is the the lighting the uh, various effects in the game the character models just everything is just extremely impressive now it's also worth mentioning that this game mixes in a lot of fmv or full, full motion video so actual video of real people um and so but that doesn't really skew this because you know when people are talking about the graphics they're obviously talking about the game uh, and the gameplay so 
it sounds like the story is amazing it sounds like uh the environments and all of the art and everything the, the models and the animations and all of that are top tier the biggest thing i've seen people uh waver on is gameplay uh it, it basically sounds like it's a it's definitely an evolved but very much like the original game and so if you don't and i've heard it's extremely hard as well um so if you didn't like kind of the the way things were before um this game still has some of that but it, it is much more of a modern kind of survival game in a lot of ways and um you know but even the slight wavering i've had i've heard people have about the gameplay it still sounds like it's a great game to play so it's 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 like being nitpicky for the sake of if you only say good things people won't believe you right i have this game um it's downloaded it's ready to play i'm probably gonna play it tonight um after i record this and after the little one goes to bed and such um, but I'm really excited. This is uh, not really my genre, not my type of game, but it seems like this game is just so stunning in that the story is really cool uh, with the two different characters and, and with one being Alan Wake and the other being this uh, FBI uh, detective who's, you know, how they kind of, uh, how that all works. Um, I, I'm, I'm excited to, uh, to get a chance to check this out. So seems like it's being pretty universally loved and i can't wait to hopefully love it too and um i will speak probably next week or the week after with some type of a review uh, and if you check out my twitter um it's uh, at bond diesel you can catch i've been reviewing games on there on a one to ten scale that's based on recommendation it's not necessarily based on graphics and gameplay and this and that i i have a scale that's one to ten and it's how seriously i recommend a game to other people and i always quote tweet my scale where i explain kind of my scale and, and how it works so check that out i've reviewed a bunch of games already um and i'm excited to uh, keep doing that and i may even try to bring that over to a video format at some point i'm just not as eloquent as a lot of the people who i think do good reviews on games uh you will not be getting a skill up quality review out of me uh, i simply don't have that patience or that writing or recording ability uh but i would maybe like to bring this into kind of that fold so we'll see but Alan Wake 2 seems like it's being received extremely well, has probably landed itself on that game of the year list uh, to, to, as potential ones. And um, I look forward to and I dread those game of the year discussions on the podcast and stuff this year because it's just I, I really don't think Tears of the Kingdom and even Baldur's Gate at this point are completely head above everyone else anymore I, I think there's been too many good games uh, i think when it comes to the voting for like the game awards and stuff i think we're gonna see that all it's gonna take is a few people to to put a few outlier games into their top two or three or even their number one and it's really gonna skew and mess this up man it's um, i'm both excited uh and and like i said terrified i think this year you'll notice even if you look at all of the big publications the game awards ign GameSpot, uh, all of the notable places i think this is going to be the most diverse year of game of the awards uh, game of the year awards ever where last year it was all Ragnarok and Elden Ring. I genuinely think this year uh, it's probably going to be a lot of Tears of the Kingdom and a lot of Baldur's Gate 3, but I think you're going to see other games sneak in there that will be kind of surprising. And it's going to be because of 
people just you know there's just been so many good games and my last point before we move on especially in formats where you have like publications or podcast groups where they like vote um there's a decent number of people on these panels or in, in these groups who weren't able to play everything so like i know for example like tim gettys at kind of funny didn't play baldur's gate 3 or starfield um not because he couldn't he just didn't want to which is fine you know people pl should play what they want even if you're in that role uh but you know there, there may be people who just didn't get to tears this year who didn't get to you know one of these games that um and and i think this point is the last thing i'll talk about what's wild is that there's at least five and probably more games this year that if they were by themselves in almost any other year would be like a hands down game of the year. Uh, there's games that might get le left off the top five or six or 10 list that may be game of the years in other years, uh, but they got unlucky and we got very fortunate that they came out uh, all this year. So cool, games are awesome. Uh, next story is actually, uh, so I'm gonna start doing this as just a, uh, to interrupt the show just for a moment. I'm gonna do a headline story every week with this podcast and then i'm gonna just kind of hit up some some quick stories about xbox playstation and nintendo and then move into any other kind of side stories or other things i wanted to talk about so leading it off this week is xbox news uh they had a partner showcase this week um it was around 30 minutes where it was all um partnered studios none of their first party uh it was showing off a bunch of that so um it was pretty good. I would say like half of it was great. Half of it was fine. Um, there were a couple weird games that I wouldn't have probably typically been very interested in. Uh, they had the uh, was the uh, Yakuza game um, at the beginning that it just looks like it's. Uh, of course, I'm not going to remember it. Animal uh, Kingdom or whatever. the it, It's like a city builder game. Uh, where you manage your community and do all kinds of stuff. It's not what I expected from that series, but there it is. Uh, we had a super, super, super cool uh, first look at footage from the Metal Gear Solid Snake Eater remake that Konami's doing, and it looked sublime. It looked so good. I've seen some people kind of moan and groan about the style of it. I thought it looked amazing. It's another Unreal Engine 5 game. Uh, we're, we're really going to start. I think I think this is the beginning of the deluge of those Metal Gear Solid game, uh, 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 Metal Gear Solid, of those Unreal Engine 5 games. I think we're really going to start seeing that waterfall of, you know, that engine's been out long enough and uh, those games have been development long enough. Now we're going to start seeing a bunch of those in the next couple years, which is exciting to me um yeah that snake eater remake looked so good i think it was snake eater delta is the actual or um metal gear solid delta is the actual name so very cool looked great and then the last alan wake 2 trailer which obviously looked really good just like everything else did there was some weird like oil rig walking simulator game they showed that that was the only trailer where i completely kind of like you know raised my nose at and was like yeah this is terrible because it wasn't great um, but it, that's fine. Um, the, the reactions on this were mixed. Some of the, the, the one group 
I watched like co-stream it was like hyper negative and being real weird about it. But they were the same people who were preaching a few days ago, like, oh, we know what this is. You know, don't get, you know, your expectations too high. They've literally told us exactly what it is and it ended up being exactly what they said it would be. But I would say the Metal Gear Solid edition and the footage really put it over the top of what I even expected. And so I do expect some kind of Xbox showcase in the beginning of the year, uh, especially as kind of a little bit of a celebration of their Activision acquisition. And uh, and then obviously in the summer, probably in June, we'll have some type of showcase in the E3 time frame since uh, it seems like E3 is probably not coming back. So uh, I thought this partner showcase was great. I thought it was good timing, uh, but I do hope at the beginning of the year we get some kind of big uh, first party showcase where we see things like Sinuous Saga and things like that. So cool. Good showcase uh, or good partner showcase. Uh, and then there was a big leadership shakeup over at Xbox this week. Um, this is likely uh, them kind of preparing to take on the responsibilities of running and managing Activision, uh, even though it wasn't really ever mentioned directly during uh, in all of the announcements here. But long story short, um, Phil Spencer is staying where he's at as the CEO of the company. Uh, but Sarah Bond is being moved up to Xbox president, uh, where she'll be overseeing basically the whole platform um, from software to hardware and everything like that. Uh, and then Matt Booty uh, will be uh, become the president of game content and studios. Uh, and the big mix, uh, the big change up here is that the uh, Bethesda will come under his management. Uh, as we learned about with Redfall this year and even Starfield to a point uh, up to this point, Xbox had basically acquired Bethesda, Zenimax, and then kind of just continued to let them do their own thing. And after especially the release of Redfall and how that game that they kind of let them keep making it, but never took it too seriously and didn't really uh, get into it and, um, and, and and try to manage that or give it more money or more attention. Uh, it came out and it came out in the worst possible timing for Xbox and it was pretty bad. Now, I think Xbox has really rebounded over the rest of the year, but, you know, especially the talking heads that are here for drama and all, all of that stuff are going to remember Redfall more than they're going to remember Starfield or Hi-Fi Rush or some of the, um, the good things this year. So uh, Bethesda coming under probably a little bit more management is probably going to be a good thing in the long run. And I am uh, I'm curious to see uh, how that's going to affect things in the long run. Uh, you know, those kind of you don't see the impact of those kind of changes for three or four years at least. So uh, don't expect immediate changes, how those things go. And then for Sarah Bond becoming Xbox president, that's great. She's um, seems like a really good leader. I've always really appreciated um, obviously her like scripted things that she does where she is presenting things for Xbox are great, but it's especially interviews and stuff I've read and, and seen of her where she's a, just a really impressive person. And I think um, seems like a, a pretty good um person to take that role right now and i agree with a lot of assessment uh, i've seen from other people that sarah bond will probably take phil spencer's job as ceo one day it's uh you know phil spencer isn't old he's also not young and he's been in the industry for a really really long time and it wouldn't surprise me at all if um, I, I think we'll see Phil through the rest of this gen and, and probably into the next gen of console of xbox console and playstation uh but 
I would be surprised if he goes much past that. that. That guy is probably got more money than any of us can even imagine. And I'm sure at some point he would love to retire and, uh, and, and, and take advantage of, of uh, the fruits of his labor, as they say. Uh, moving over to some PlayStation news, uh, we have Media Molecule and their visual arts team have layoffs. This is uh, another in a series of layoffs from uh, PlayStation First Party Studios and Own Studios. Um, it's not really a, a dog on them. It's not a negative on them. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if next week we find out that Microsoft is having layoffs. And then the week after that, maybe Nintendo. I don't think Nintendo like publicizes anything they do business-wise, though. So maybe not. But um, this is obviously a bummer. And I think for um, gamers and community members and people who are kind of like really paying attention to this stuff, it's like weird because you see that Sony and PlayStation is having like an insanely successful generation. They're selling consoles, you know, like crazy. They're selling games like crazy. Their first parties are doing great. Um, Third party games are doing really well on their platform. They have the biggest install base of the current gen consoles. Uh, I don't know how much they're up over Xbox. No, neither of them release numbers that are really good. But from what I've seen, it's kind of predicted that they, they probably have sold, you know, it's probably 60, you know, 60 to 70 percent of the new consoles uh, with Xbox doing well for itself, but not really putting it to Sony in any big way. Um so it's it's like weird optics from the outside to be like, how are they making all this money and laying people off? But just the way these businesses work and stuff, man, like it doesn't matter if, you know, four fifths of the company are doing great. If your division isn't doing well, then that unfortunately can lead to moves. And that's not me defending that. I think that's awful. Um, but, you know, it, it's I think people really need to start being a little more educated or not even educated because I don't know what I'm talking about. But just a little more, um, you know, just knowledgeable about that. Like these big corporations aren't one big company as much as we want them to be. PlayStation is not just one company, especially their studios. Um, and, and a lot of times these big corporations, the way it works is they have all these subsidiary studios that are run as their own little companies. And if they aren't individually performing well, no matter how good the mothership is doing it can lead to stuff like this and it sucks i hope all those people find jobs very quickly i'm sure they will and um you know maybe we'll see the the them rebound with other other studios and do some really great work i hope so um they, it also was revealed this week that that the the slim the new i hate calling it a slim because that playstation 5 uh the new model of it isn't it's like an inch shorter and a little bit skinnier. Uh, it's more of just a new design for the console. Um, likely much, much cheaper to make than the OG version of it, which itself went through multiple revisions. And um, in a weird kind of turn, uh, one of the big things about the new PlayStation 5 is that there's a base digital version, and then you can buy either a bundle that includes a disk drive um, or you can buy a regular one without a disk drive and then later on buy a disk drive and install it. Uh, the problem is, is that apparently you have to connect to the internet at least one time uh, with that to be able to um, kind of pair up the, um, the disk drive to the console and um, they, they just... Um, 
it's a weird thing you you, i'm sure there's some really good explanation for it uh some authentication of the hardware to make sure it's like a a real disk drive that people aren't going to use it as a way to uh, steal encrypted data or to do you know i'm sure there's a good reason for it but it's just a weird look um this probably won't be that big of a deal for most people most people are either just going to buy the digital and never have a disk drive or they're going to buy the bundle that includes the disk drive and i believe that one is already paired up so you won't have to worry about it but it is one of those things that when people talk about game preservation and things like that that say you know 20 years from now someone pulls out their old dusty ps5 and has you know the the new inbox dvd drive they bought and never messed with back then they pop it in there because they want to play some playstation 5 game uh, that's completely on the disc and doesn't need an internet connection i don't know if that's a reality much anymore but they do it and it doesn't work because they needed it to authenticate online and maybe those servers are down maybe they don't have an internet connection i don't know um that's the issue people have with it i suspect it won't end up being that big of a deal and people will just buy the playstation 6 and never think about it again (laughs) so we'll see uh, the last one is Connie Booth uh, leaves uh, Sony, uh, Sony and PlayStation after 30 years. Um, and uh, as far as I know, she's not been immediately replaced. Um, definitely a pretty veteran person on that team. Uh, anyone who's been with PlayStation for that long, uh, no matter what their role was, has been there during such an insanely impressive run uh, from any company, uh, but especially uh, a platform in such a popular media like gaming, uh, especially in the last 15, 20 years. Um, Just awesome. You know, I've seen people trying to portray this as a bad thing or a good thing. She's just she's moving on, man. Like people who work in 30 something working somewhere for 30 years is a big deal. Um, I worked at my current place of employment for 11 years. Uh, and thinking of, you know, tripling that, uh, you know, or, or doing two times that uh, still is wild, even though I probably will, because I'm never going to retire. But, um, uh, you know, good on her. I hope she enjoys her retirement or her new position, whatever she ends up doing. And uh, and then I'm sure that opens up a, a great leadership position for someone who's been, uh, uh, you know, working on it and earning it for a long time. Uh, and some Nintendo news, the only thing I really found this week was that uh, Super Mario Brothers Wonder is the fastest selling Mario game in Europe ever. Um, the in Europe qualifier, I think, doesn't doesn't really matter. I think, you know, trends generally in gaming, at least in Western countries, can probably be kind of attributed to, to everyone. And so even though um, the only reason this is in Europe is because um, in some places in Europe are the only places where you get somewhat transparent uh you know, revelations of sales and things like that. And so I wouldn't be surprised at all if uh, this is the case everywhere. And from the reviews and stuff I've seen of this game, the gameplay I've seen uh, of it in the last week or so, it makes sense. It's beautiful. It's every time these Nintendo games come out that um, just look so fun and so exciting. And like, I would really love to play with my daughter and stuff. It's like I'm tempted every time to just buy a stupid switch. But knowing that the next console is probably less than a year away, I just can't do it. And I especially can't, like on principle, hate the idea of the Switch simply because I don't like that it's hardware that was outdated the moment it came out. And now it's eight years later. Like Nintendo has too much money to not be pushing the technology edge even just a little bit i understand that they don't necessarily want to compete with xbox and playstation in that like horsepower race but it doesn't mean that they can't 
you know, I still feel like that's very much a, oh, we're not trying to compete with them. And we're also trying to save a bunch of money because we know you fools will buy 150 million of these anyways. So, but you know, the reason that happens is because their first party uh, games are, you know, different. They're built different as the kids say, I think. They probably haven't said that in five years. I'm old. The Last of Us 2, moving on to regular gaming news, uh, has remaster rumors. I feel like this has been a thing going around for a while, and it was something I just, uh, I love to poke fun at. Um, it, it's kind of what I just said about Nintendo, though. Um, Sony is almost certainly making a PS5 version of The Last of Us 2, or like a PS5-only version, and it's going to come out, and everyone's going to pan it and be like, oh, this was unnecessary. That game only came out a couple years ago, and it looks great already. And then it's going to sell 20 million copies. <laughs> like, it's, like, it's like the Nintendo thing. Like, sure, uh, even Sony fans can dog on decisions that Sony makes. Uh, that stupid, uh, you know, Wi-Fi uh, streaming uh, thing that they're about to sell um, for on PlayStation, I, I bet it sells like hotcakes. I bet they sell out of it. Um, you know, so because even like I've seen even like PlayStation fans like dogging on that, like, oh, it doesn't have, you know, you can't play games directly off of it. It's only streaming. You can only use it in your house, which probably isn't true. Like, yeah, everyone's dogging on it, including Sony fans. And, and that thing will probably sell like hotcakes and do extremely well. So it's kind of the same thing with The Last of Us 2. Does it need a remaster? Of course it doesn't. Should Sony maybe just be consumer friendly and instead of doing a remaster or an upgrade, which is what, it, what it's really going to be, you know, maybe that could just, I don't know, be a free patch with the game to thank their players for buying millions of copies of this game in their consoles. Well, they could. But if they could sell it for 50 bucks instead, you know they will. Or 70. Hell, I don't know. So... I don't see the point of getting upset about this. If you think it's dumb, then don't buy it. Uh, but I can almost guarantee you enough people are going to buy it that they're going to do it again. And what I bet they're actually going to do is later this generation, I bet they do a bundle version where the part one and part two are sold together. And maybe it'll come out the same time as three, which they're almost certainly making or, or will make in the near future. So is what it is. I really don't see any point about getting upset about it. It's all good. Uh, Ubisoft delays Skull and Bones again. Oh my God. If you're on the audio version of this podcast, my face is very surprised. I cannot believe Skull and Bones has been delayed once again. That's sarcasm in case it's not coming through. Uh, it's been moved out of the current fiscal year, which for uh, Ubisoft ends in March, I believe, at the end of March. And that means that it's maybe coming out sometime next year. Uh, like I saw on, on, on a podcast, another podcast, they said, you know what makes me mad about this delay is I know in about a year I'm going to be talking about it being delayed again. <laughs> it's just what's weird about Skull and Bones is that it's a game that keeps getting delayed, but no one is excited for at least no one I follow. And so it's this thing where it, it, it's I think the average gamer is probably just like, just put it out. Just get it out of your hair. 
No one cares how good it is. No one's going to care about that game two days after it comes out. So just get it out and let these teams, for the love of God, move on to something else. Please stop torturing your devs. They do not want to keep working on this game that like surely they see the writing on the wall here. Like there's no way that the developers and the people in that studio and at Ubisoft think that, okay, if we just add one more thing, maybe this game is going to be a banger. Like, there's no way anyone's that delusional. Now, maybe it comes out and it finds some success. Maybe it finds a niche. Maybe, you know, there is a small and and, big enough group of people it finds and ends up being great. And I genuinely hope for that. I hate the idea of developers time being wasted and their and their careers being wasted because like this game's been in development for what, like six or seven plus years now. And, And, you know, there's probably devs who have only ever worked on this game. And so, like, I don't want their time to be wasted. I don't want their, you know, resume to look bad because this is the only game they've ever worked on. And I hope that it comes out and it's great and everyone loves it. But people have played this game and they've been they've done multiple tests. And the general reception is like, okay, like, how has this game gotten this much attention and been delayed so many times and gotten, you know, all of this, you know, hubbub when it's just like, not great. When so many people have just been like, just take Black Flag and make it like a side game, like a spinoff. But who knows? The Probably the more interesting part of this, uh, of this story, this came from a, uh, a, a uh, investor meeting one of their, um, Uh, stock uh, announcements they did uh, that they also delayed a major release out of this fiscal year as well. A lot of people have been saying that Star Star Wars Outlaws, the the Ubisoft massive uh, Star Wars game that I think looks incredible and looks really exciting. I don't think that's the case. Um, I don't think that game was probably slated for until next summer or later. So my guess is that the division heartland was probably slated to come out in early 2023 or 2024. And they've decided to like internally delay it, uh, which this is uh, referencing Um, that game. um, I've talked about before, like I have. I've had a lot of access to that game over the last so many years, so I don't want to talk much about it. Um, what I will say is that purely based off of knowledge, I know is public. I think it's weird that that game, it just keeps on getting pushed. And I just, the further from the division two, that game gets the, the, the worst timing I think it is for it. Um, and I know there may be some idea of like, well, maybe division three is coming soon. And maybe, you know, it's part of that. I don't think, you know, so, uh, the, Uh, Division 2 came out in 2019, so it's been four years, four and a half years or so. I would be amazed if the Division 3 comes out within the next four years. And so I just think this game, I I, I don't know if Heartland is really going to be the game that like is really meant to like satiate players for four years. Uh, Maybe it is. I I hope I'm wrong because that'd be great. Um, I just... 
it's just another Ubisoft is a weird studio right now. Like I, I really think that the, that the Star Wars Outlaws game is going to be a standout game for Ubisoft. Um, but so many of their games like just seem like like no one's excited for a forum or at least not the general gaming audience. Even like I'm excited about the Avatar game and I still think it's really going to surprise people and end up being really good. Um, but you definitely don't see that vibe from the average gamer or the average journalist or YouTuber and things like that. So. Um, yeah, I, I think a division three is a game that will get a lot of people hyped and, um, kind of get the, 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 the general gaming audience, um, you know, excited about a game. Uh, but I, I, I don't know. We'll see. But, uh, yeah, I think that delayed game was probably heartland. I don't think it was outlaws, but we'll uh actually we'll probably never find out you know those kind of things typically don't get confirmed publicly but uh we can guess uh, there was an interesting thing i just noticed and i made news about this week and uh, even though no one really cared i still want to talk about it i will toot my own horn uh over on my twitter i posted an article made a video about how um, dragon age dreadwolf apparently has been getting worked on by ea motive uh for almost the last year so um Basically, what happened is I posted about something with Bioware, and I think over on threads, someone replied to me kind of seeming like they knew. I assume someone who's pretty deep into the uh, Dragon Age community. Um, and so I looked at their page and saw that they mentioned that they saw that someone on LinkedIn uh, had put uh, from EA Motive, who's the Dead Space remake and now the Iron Man developer, uh, in their LinkedIn that they had worked on Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Um, I did some sleuthing and found that there's never been any mention by EA or Bioware or EA Motive that they were helping with Dragon Age Dreadwolf. Uh, that's the big Bioware franchise that the game was tentatively expected this year is now expected to be delayed and not come out until next year. Um, and we know that there are some studios helping them with it. Uh, but, you know, like, like Bioware's Mass Effect team has lent some people to it. Mark Dara, a former Bioware employee, has come back to consult on finishing that game up. Uh, but we, as far as I can tell, have never gotten any uh, big media attention that EA Motive was working on that. Now, it kind of made sense as the Dead Space remake uh, development probably slowed down in late 2022 before it released in early 2023. They probably had room for some of their developers to go over there and help out. Uh, they also um, only just in the last week or two announced that they're going to be working on an Iron Man game in the Unreal, uh, Unreal 5 engine, uh, Unreal Engine 5. And that does you know they left they, they released dead space and then they there was no dlc or anything they did do some fixing up of some bugs and issues with it but you know that did leave a window there and it seems like at least a decent number of developers at ea motive since about um november of 2022 until about august of 2023 uh, helped out over on dragon age dreadwolf uh the one specific person i saw was an environmental artist and so it was probably someone working on or maybe polishing up some of the environments and some of the the models and stuff like that um and bioware is currently hiring for a, a, a video uh 
you know, a VFX person uh, to, to work on the game on an eight month contract. Uh, so that would tell me that they're probably releasing that game within eight months. This is probably someone who's going to work on cinematics or trailers or even just stuff within the game. When I talk to some developer type people about what that position could be, it sounds like in much like most gaming positions, the, the title probably it, they're, they're, they're so vague that it's hard to really tell exactly what people are doing. And then a really nice commenter on my YouTube when I made a video about this, uh, put up a big comment. If you want to go back and look at my uh, my YouTube videos, uh, if you find the video about this story about EA Motive working on Dreadwolf, uh, there's a great comment in there where um, someone who I believe or I assume is a big Dragon Age community member listed that this actually has been a story in that community. It just never really hit the mainstream and that it seems like there is a pretty decent number of devs who have been working uh, on Dreadwolf from EA Motive and likely other studios. Now, I believe EA Motive is actually made up of the remnants of an old Bioware studio. And so it's not that surprising that there would be some connection there still. And um, yeah, so Dreadwolf, you know, I, I know everyone's so down on Bioware right now. It's completely understandable. But it's one of those things where like, I want that next Mass Effect game to one, come out at all, and to be good so bad that I'm rooting so hard for Dreadwolf because I think if it, if it comes out and it's even just like a 7.5 out of 10, that's fine. Like a 7.5 and 8 out of 10 would be just huge for Bioware, I think. that uh, Especially if it's like a, this is really good, it's a lot of fun, maybe they could have done this better or this better, but overall I love this game and I can't wait to see the next Mass Effect. Like that's the kind of attention they need right now because the only good vibes they've had in the last like 15 years has been that Inquisition was received pretty well, but maybe didn't age great, and that the Mass Effect Legendary Edition, a light remaster of the original trilogy was received extremely well uh, and sold pretty well as well, it sounds like. so. I'm rooting for Bioware. I'm rooting for Dragon Age Dreadwolf. We will have to wait and see how that turns out, though. Uh, we found out this week that Digital Extremes, the, uh, the, the indie developer and publisher behind uh, Warframe, is getting a new CEO. Um, this doesn't come as that big of a surprise, I guess, from what I read. The previous CEO has you know, helmed the, the studio and the, and the indie publisher, I believe, um, for quite a while and through all of their trials and tribulations. And um, Digital Extremes and Warframe is, is, a, is a studio and a game that, to me, it's, it's like one of those things that no one thinks about. Like, no one realizes that uh, Counter-Strike ha like, has like a concurrent like over 1 million player population. Uh, we're like really popular games um, are, are happy to have like 50,000 people concurrent playing their game. And um, it, I feel like Warframe is very much in that kind of a, um, that, that kind of, uh, you know, light where you just don't realize how popular that game still is because it's 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 like it's popular to a really big niche like like the people who like warframe mostly just play warframe it's kind of like destiny people you know you may not realize how popular destiny still is because they probably don't get a ton of new players uh, they're not pulling in you know they aren't the most popular new player game but they retain their player base extremely well because a lot of the people who play these games as a service looter shooter type games that's the game they play and obviously i'm sure over the years that's dwindled a little bit as people have probably gotten tired and blah 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 but you know good for warframe good for digital extremes i'm glad it seems like they're still doing well i believe they're making a like high fantasy type of game um it's like iron frame or something 
that's supposed to be a little bit different take of, than what they normally do. But uh, I suspect that a big part of this new CEO situation is that the old one didn't want to go through a whole new franchise and the new one is equipped to uh, hopefully carry them through that process. So good for them, good for everyone there and good for those fans. I'm happy that uh, things are looking up for, for people over there. Okay, um, so let's talk about some of, of my own news. So um, I started a new podcast. It's called the Mass Effect Hypecast. Uh, there is one episode out now, so if you want to look it up, uh, it's in the uh, the link tree link down in the description of this podcast, uh, either the video or the audio version, uh, or you can just look it up. It's the Mass Effect Hypecast. I have it currently on all of the bigger platforms, Spotify, iTunes, um, I'm, I'm working to get it on, get it on as many platforms as I can. So please be on the lookout for that. Um, the whole idea with that podcast is uh, for like an outlet. Um, when there is news about Mass Effect, I'll still talk about it here on this podcast, uh, but I'll go into it in more depth on that podcast here. Um, I definitely have found myself like finding reasons to talk about Mass Effect uh, when there are none and there's definitely not news happening. And so I, I suspect some it always feels like a, a, a departure from the goal of this show. And so that's going to be my creative outlet for that. Um, and there's definitely an opening in that community for like a podcast that's just about the next game, either discussing news, discussing speculation, um, and just throwing out fan theories and stuff like that. Um, you know, there's some really great podcasts that uh, are currently being put out, like the Mass Effect Lorecast, that are very focused on the story and, and, and little tidbits and focusing on like specific characters and things like that. Uh, and they do things 100 times better than I ever can. Uh, and I so I would never, ever try to uh, infringe on their whole deal. Um, but something I am pretty good at and something I enjoy is being hyped and, and speculating and doing that, uh, especially with the next Mass Effect game. So. Um, if you like Mass Effect, if you're even generally interested in the next game, I highly suggest you check out that podcast and uh, I'll be uh, happy to hopefully see that grow uh, as, as well as, as uh, you know, as long as people come and check it out. So please do that. Uh, I am going to do an N7 day giveaway. So November 7th is their big franchise celebration uh, starting on the 31st of October. Uh, I will have a giveaway um, going where there's a bunch of merch and a free copy of Mass Effect on any platform you want. I will um, be providing that code uh, for three winners uh, in those in those merch prizes. So be on the lookout for that please 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 uh spread that around a big part a big reason i'm doing this is to try to get some traffic into that mass effect hypecast uh to try to get some people in there talking and uh to kind of grow that community a bit uh as it's new because uh, that's definitely when it's easiest uh and then my plans for n7 day in general um, i'm actually taking that day and the next day off um, a little bit to cover, you know, anything that comes out that day and then the next day to do all of the other videos, uh, all the deep dives and such. Uh, but I'm also planning on doing a bunch of housework. So uh, as much as I would love to take days off just for games uh, I, in my mid 30s, I think I've decided that's just not realistic anymore. And I don't want to get my butt kicked by my wife uh, because I'm uh, maybe a little beyond that part of my of, of, of my life. But that's OK. Uh, for listener questions, uh, let's check that out. 
if you have your own questions or topics or things you want me to talk about in the next episode of the, the bonfire, um, please submit them. Uh, you can submit them uh, in my Google form questionnaire that I post on Twitter and that's in my discord. You can ask in a room that's just for that in my discord. You can um, you can check out um, the YouTube comments and post things in there and I'll talk about it from there. Or you can hit me up on Twitter at on diesel where I am happy to uh, answer questions. Either uh, you can ask me publicly by just adding me or you can DM me on there as well. Uh, this week, the only question I got in time for the show was from Azra Games, I believe over on Threads, and they said, what is the best game? So that is an impossible question to really answer, but it's so, it was so vague and open that I, was, I appreciate the challenge, and I can't give a straight answer. So if it's what is my favorite game, that's got to be the Mass Effect trilogy at this point um, with like a, the division uh, right behind it. Uh, as well as a bunch of other like more like smaller single player experiences I've really enjoyed. But if it was the best game, um, that's even hard to answer. Because if I think of it as like, what's the best game in general? Like if I don't count my own opinions, if if I have to look and see what game has been the best for the most number of people, you can look historic and you can look at like the Mario series and the various Mario games. You can look more modern. And as much as I know people would hate to hear it, Fortnite like, I'm sorry, I'm not in the Fortnite. It's not my game, but I respect it so much. And that game is such a big deal for so many of the people who love it. And what's so funny is you saw all of these companies trying to invent a metaverse and do all of this stuff and fail miserably. While Fortnite started off as this terrible single player game, they added a battle royale mode and it's evolved from that to being the biggest thing in games and to being a metaverse almost unintentionally that it like, because it, it naturally developed in that direction instead of being forced to start that way. Um, again, I'm not a big Fortnite fan, but if I had to say what is the best game Fortnite, it's either Fortnite Mario as a franchise or Minecraft, because I think Minecraft was Fortnite before Fortnite, right? Or Fortnite is the new Minecraft in that in that way of it attracts everyone. It's the biggest thing in the world from a lot of people, and uh, and it's probably not going away anytime soon. So, thank you for that question. If anyone else has uh, anything you would want to ask me or have me talk about next week, I am more than happy to oblige. Let's wrap this thing up. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, please interact with the show uh, if you desire to. Uh, let me know if you have any feedback or thoughts. The big thing about these solo podcasts is that they don't have a lot of interactions. It's just me sitting here talking to you. And so where some podcasts have a cast of people who all are chatting and arguing and stuff like that, uh, to make this interesting, I need to hear from you in the ways that I've provided. So hit me up. I would love to have your feedback uh, or your thoughts or your questions or just your comments and uh, and we can get into that. Uh, you can find me all over the internet as Bond Diesel, including over on Twitch, where I do try to stream a few times a month uh, and talk about these same topics live. And there you can yell at me directly if you think I'm wrong. Uh, to support my content, please check out patreon.com slash Bond Diesel. Join as a YouTube member. Subscribe over at Twitch, especially if you have a free Twitch Prime sub. Or check out my merch at the Linktree link in the description below. That's all I have. So until next time.